We're not riding a log flume. We're in the doom room. I'm Alex, and I'm doomed. Uh, zoom, zoom. I'm trapped in um <laughs> the room. A broom? A broom. Google Zoom Broom when is the Doom Room? I'm Justin and I'm Doom. <laughs> I'm Pete. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about Doom Patrol Season 1, Episode 12, a Cyborg Patrol. Uh, now, before we get into it, uh, Pete, I got to say, you've been really up on how cool these titles are. And I agree. I heard Cyborg Patrol and I instantly was like, what is this episode going to be about? Mm-hmm. And really, yeah. I still haven't figured it out. So hopefully over oh, the course of talking about this over the next how long are these podcasts? Usually three, five hours, something like that. Hey, I agree. Uh, I was so lost. This whole I'm episode. glad we're stopping for a second talking about the beginning because uh, what was the, the I DC this on flip? myself? Uh, the DC yeah. flip called or uh, oh yeah? Uh, let me just think. The DC logo. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, the DC logo felt like it had an extra flair in this uh, episode. Like they were like finally proud of the show or something like that. Anybody what else you, get that feeling? No, it, it feel wasn't like there exactly. Was a little the extra same. put on it? No, a, a okay. little pep in its step. Yeah, it felt like a little extra on there. Is this? Are you getting at something? Is there an agenda here that you're trying to edge around, or are you no, just, I just thought? I thought just, they put a little pizzazz in there. It seemed no, like it's a little the, extra. Uh, same logo that they've had for eleven know, episodes like, before this. Feels this like topic. This topic can logo fuck itself. <laughs> <laughs> so, if it has been a while since you've watched the episode, Cyborg was captured by the Bureau of Normalcy and taken to the end form. And in this episode, the rest of the Doom Patrol uh, puts up a rescue mission to get him back. By the end of the episode, Cyborg has beaten the shit out of his father. And oh, that's where yeah. we end. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's Recap. Just- this is a tough every ending. dad's or every dad's uh, nightmare, or every son's dream. I guess is what it is. Jesus, what? Yikes! What? <laughs> okay, let's get into this. No, I'm just uh, right for everybody, right? Mm, no. Uh, so I feel bad. I was going to surprise you, but I have your dad here right beside me. I was going to reveal it. Now I feel weird because oh, you want to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> is that actually how you feel, Pete? No, I think there is something to like, you, you know, you want to stick up to your father, punch him in the face once, you know, right, I mean? and have sex with your mother. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> I, the second part never, that was you. You I put mean, that in there. Nope. Freud did, uh, but go ahead. No, yeah. No, no one's ever heard that. this theory before. <laughs> you can't buy in for half of it, Pete. You got to go hold <laughs> no. on. Nope, you said it. <laughs> I don't think that's how this saying goes, but okay. Don't All be right. afraid of your feelings. Oh, <laughs> wow, boy. you're on it today, Justin. That's good. So, <laughs> well, I didn't have the yeah, room you didn't have rhyme. the Zoom room. I didn't have the room rhyme. <laughs> you started to break it afterwards. And prove myself. Yeah. Well, overall, as uh, very cleverly indicated by this title, this episode is all about Cyborg and what's been going on with him, really bringing that to a head here. So how did you feel about this? How did you feel? Obviously, this isn't a conclusion of the character's arc by any means. We still have a couple of episodes to go here in season one, let alone two seasons beyond that. But... How did you feel about where he ended up? Justin, as your first time through here, what was your big takeaway? Um, It's a tough episode. I feel like you want him to be making more progress. I feel like this was like he didn't he hasn't cracked this mystery and he is stuck 
doing something he doesn't want to be doing. He maybe killed his dad. We don't really know at the end of this episode. He's playing into nobody's hands. He's just acting rashly at the same time. All the other characters are sort of getting more grounded and more centered and just becoming better people. That's, so it's a bummer to see him going in the wrong direction. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I I hear what you're saying with this. It's a tough episode. I really thought it was one, uh, a very enjoyable episode, really crazy. You know, they released the butts. I mean, it's uh, it's all over the place. You know what this episode was to me? Um, very Legion. This was like an episode Ooh. of Legion. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost like the the facility was like, oh, this is where I f- could see Legion being right off camera. Here. Do you think now as a line producer, when they say, okay, this is the episode where we got to show the Big Mac. Do you think as writers were like, well, fuck that. If the Big Mac's going to happen, then we're putting butts everywhere. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going. Draw more of a connection between these two thoughts, Pete. Well, I'm just saying that, like, there was it was this funny, weird moment where we had this gold plate, and then this guy was delivered a Big Mac. And as far as we know, that guy's only job was just to tell everybody the butts were loose. It was a weird episode. Uh, I get the Legion reference very much, but it was just, it was, there was so much craziness kind of going on. Are you trying to suggest that in the writer's room they came up with the McDonald's thing first and they were like, well, if we're introducing McDonald's, we have to introduce where McDonald's comes out of eventually. And that's exactly. how they got to the butts. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. It's a pooping thing. <laughs> it's always a um, pooping thing with Pete. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a buck guy. Yes, I'm not quite sure what we're talking about anymore. To respond to the cyborg of it all, I think what this episode was a lot about wasn't necessarily about revealing or getting him past his trauma, but deepening it because he is starting in a much more heightened place than everybody else. He's the superhero, like they talk about a lot in this episode. He's the great and mighty cyborg. And this is about completely breaking him down, which hopefully will get him to a place where over the next couple of episodes, he will begin to heal and he will begin to grow like a lot of the other characters in the show have. But he has to get to his lowest point first. And that tracks because he's the one who sort of came in being like, I'm composed. I'm a super real superhero. You guys are all, you know, uh, warlocks. Yeah. And here he now is realizing he's he's down there with them. He's a Goonie, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's like the girls in Goonies. And they're like, do we belong down here? And then we find out when they they put the jacket up the up the well that Andy is a Goonie. Yeah. And Goonies never say die. And mm-hmm. this one's mine. I'm taking it back. I'm taking yeah. them all back. And also, baby Ruth. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we've all seen that movie. Sure have. <laughs> we seem to have proven it, yes. <laughs> uh, getting back to the cyborg of it all once again, though, there's a lot of different things that go on here in terms of the truth of what actually happened to him, what happened to his armor. We see Grid is manipulating his memories. Maybe his dad manipulated his memories. Maybe Mr. Nobody is manipulating his memories. That's what it seems like. Is yes. Mr. Well, Mo- uh, Mobody's the puppet master. Well, that's my big question here is ultimately – what do you think actually happened to Cyborg slash are we even supposed to know slash does it even matter? Whoa. As far as internally? You mean? In terms of his origin, we get a lot of tweaks and differences and changes to his origin. We've seen that footage has been edited out even before he goes to the ant farm. Here we find out that his father did things to him. He has to relive the explosion over and over and over again. Uh, and first he thinks he's completely imagining it. 
Uh, and then he thinks, oh, wait, maybe Grid is manipulating his memories. Then he thinks his dad did it. And then by the end of the episode, Mr. Nobody is like, ah, it was me the whole time. And then so there was what- a moment where like 722 maybe was kind of in on it because he heard his inner thoughts out loud. And then you're like, what's going on? Yeah. To borrow a phrase from Oprah, what is the truth? Is my question. <laughs> Whoa, you're quoting Oprah on us now. Did you did you borrow that from her directly? Like, I did. I called her up Oprah. and I said, "Hey, I'm taping my Doom Patrol podcast." And she said, "Oh, the she Doom was like, the Room, do- the Doom Room." Yeah, <laughs> she was like, "Boom, boom, I'm in the Doom Room." And I, oh, you were like, "Well, we yeah. actually use that one." Do you know anything? Log Flume. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. Dole. That's where I got it from. She was actually on a Log Flume at the time. That's where she came up with it. You know, it's rich people. That- rich people can do whatever the. Yeah, she was like, "I'm on a Log Flume." Is it too much when we start recap recast or uh, recap? Recapping the podcast that we're currently doing. Like, I feel like this is some kind of meta thing. Uh, that's recaps. interesting. But just in case you guys missed it, Pete was questioning whether we were recapping the podcast that we were recapping during the podcast where we were recapping. And the whole the cyborg of it all is. Uh, <laughs> Let me throw out a theory. Let yeah. me throw out a cyborg theory here. Um, Honestly, I feel like Grid has invaded this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it is exactly. Which everything. one of us is Grid? Hmm. Well, uh, I want to talk about Grid because, you know, Grid seems like the enemy. Cyborg mm-hmm. is scared of Grid, and right. um, but what if Grid's job is to you know keep Cyborg going and healthy? The nanites are invading his body because Cyborg's not doing well and is falling apart. Grid shows him this footage over and over again because I think Grid, much like the light being, is trying to be like, hey. This oh, is something whole, that you need whole. to figure out. To, just give me a talk for a second. You need to figure this out to be whole. Um, and the enemies here are Silas and uh, Mr. Nobody. And Grid is actually trying to do the right thing. Well, first off, Grid didn't mention to him that, oh, yeah, the nanites are like rebuilding your body to make you fully a machine. I think there's a, a lot of different going ons here. And I don't like you throwing the light being under the bus in this instance. It's not so throwing cool. light being under the bus. It's saying light being did this for Larry. And maybe Grid is a similar situation is inside Cyborg trying to be like, here's what you need to work on. Potentially, though, uh, I don't know. Maybe this is coming as a comic book reader where we've seen Grid go crazy and take over Cyborg multiple times, but I just don't trust that program. Also, generally speaking, I've seen a lot of sci-fi shows and movies, and usually AIs don't turn out that well. So I don't know. I have a sense of like, yeah. I've never seen a robot go bad. Robots Mm. are so helpful. Uh, Yeah. You've been watching AI, uh, right? AI, artificial. the Iron Giant. Mm-hmm. Oh, Iron one. My Man. computer. I watch my Man. computer a lot, and it does only good things in what I want. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my computer went rogue, actually. I'm recording this on a Tidcad and a little bit of rope. Nice. That's rope. old school. Yeah. That's a thick <laughs> telephone. String? Usually you use what I was thinking of? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a rope. Yeah. Would you grow up Licorice with Paul Bunyan? Rope, if you could believe yeah. it. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Uh, red vines. Yeah, just a little bit of fruit by the foot. Anyway, the what was I saying? Oh, grid. Right. Yeah, grid's bad. Yeah, grid's <laughs> bad. There's no question about it. Yeah, but okay, I well, also think something that this episode brought up is I do think Silas probably is a good per se, but I don't think Silas is bad. I do think what we got here is... You're supposed to buy into the idea that Silas is bad. He may do the wrong things, but he is doing it for his son, and he's doing it to help him. And ultimately, the fact that he does help build this plan with the Doom Patrol, which I thought 
was great. I love yeah, it was that a pretty twist good there. plan. Well, I love that twist there that like they fool us, the viewers, with oh, you're doing the Chewbacca thing. Oh, of course Silas is going to betray him just for a Cyborg to get him out of there. But actually, it's a double feint. Everybody's in on it, and they have an escape plan that they've worked on with Silas. So he actually is working with everybody. That kind of makes me trust him a little bit. I also think, though, at the same time, that perhaps the footage that Mr. Nobody showed Cyborg at the same time of Silas saying, I don't care if he turns into full Cyborg, that's probably true and accurate as well. So both things can be true. Well, Yeah, but Mr. Nobody said he probably made that up. If there's anybody on the show we can't trust, it's Mr. Nobody. <laughs> I don't trust somebody who puts a gold bowl around a Big Mac and acts like, like, what is what, that? What are you getting out of here? That is so <laughs> I mean, weird. That's also a bad guy. So, yes, yeah. you can also not trust that general right. who doesn't care and made butts. Made so I love that detail. Butts. If we really want to get into it, the whole idea here is they are the Bureau of Normalcy. So of course they're not going to eat something fancy. They're going to eat McDonald's Big Macs, and that's pretty much it. And oh, that's that made map. sense to you? You were like, yes. oh, this makes sense. I just explained how it made it's sense to me. Bureau of Normalcy, so we're going to have gold-plated Big Macs up in here. And What's that's the crappiest, totally- most normal food you could think of? McDonald's. Oh, What? It's bad, man. Uh-oh. I'm, come on. Golden Corral is worse than that. I mean, what are you doing? Okay. I guess, yeah, sure. If you uh, acted like a human <laughs> raccoon and jumped into a trash can, that would also be worse than McDonald's. You're right, Pete. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I so just, what if, if Golden Corral came in on a under a golden bowl? You'd be like, cool? I would be like, okay, this makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Have it be a TV dinner or something. I, I don't know. It just was like. Well, I don't know. Again, hold on. Are you repping McDonald's here? Are you I don't, saying like. That's good. It just was such a crazy thing in such an already crazy episode. It kind of it bro- broke my mind. That was and like in the moment it, one of this episode, and your yeah. mind was broken for that yeah. from that point on. I was just like, "What?" That just because be, we're not putting up the video for these episodes, I think it's important to clarify that right off camera, Grimace is standing next to Pete, <laughs> and every time he mentions something positive about McDonald's, he hands him one French fry. <laughs> I'm working oh, for wow. fries over here. I like you went in a positive way there. I was saying Grimace is there and he's like shaking his head and he's got a loaded gun pointed at the pizza oh, head man. if he crosses McDonald's one no, more. No, Hamburglar is sharpening his knives. <laughs> he's on the other um, side. He's got the whole McDonald's gang hanging out. Oh, fine. Uh, I thought the weirdest part of that, the Big Mac scene, was how sloppily he was eating. He was a mess. Well, that's that gets into another thing I was curious to get your guys' input from, and this seems very purposeful to me, but the Bureau of Normalcy is not that normal. Very strange. Mm -hmm. Those um, robot people, the clone cyborgs, are wild, Um, and they get lit up. Right. And of course, they're they're just off kilter the entire time. I think that ties into why you were getting the Big Mac under the platter, if we could just kind of put that in the rearview mirror. I think that's why they have a whole room full of carnivorous butts. They have the cyborgs floating around, all of this stuff going on. They're doing things in a way that are clamping down on what they consider to not be normal, to be abnormal. But ultimately, what we're learning through the show is being abnormal is... The normal way to be, because we are all unique. I think that's the thesis statement in a certain way of the show Aww. and what we get through every member of the Doom Patrol. I think that's spot on. And it's about who gets to say what's normal 
um, uh, and that's their whole thing. They can say these butts are normal. <laughs> we have to protect the butts, but they're you know we as a viewer but are like they're this. These are weirder, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the butt butts. Should we talk about some of the other characters because obviously other folks are affected in different ways. Uh, real ahead, quick, um, you were talking about the the plan. Um, I thought it was very cool. As soon as Rita wasn't there, I was like, there's something we're not seeing. There will be a reveal here. I didn't see exactly that coming. Yeah. Uh, but I really liked the way she was in Cliff and gets to um, so come gross. out. Yeah, so gross. gross. But also, like, Cliff being interrogated was hysterical. Yeah, I just want to get back to the Rita thing, though, Pete, because as we've established this episode, you're into some really fucked up sex shit. Uh, did you feel like that was Vor? Is that a thing that you're into? Vor? What? Oh, what are you, you, even ta- you don't know what Vor is. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm, okay. I'm not pretending. I literally don't. All right, we'll talk about it when Hamburglar's knives <laughs> yeah. are in at your throat, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Hamburglar's a big Vor guy. I don't know what it is either, but I'm curious. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we'll see if anybody writes in about that and complains in any way. Uh, but I did love the Rita thing. Super gross when we barfed him up. Um, I did love how the plan rolled out. Loved all of the torture moments, too. I thought oh. they were really interestingly done. Jane, in particular, with that guy was so funny. The thing so funny. She's yawning at him, uh, just mm-hmm. like, oh, just like. The Reservoir Dogs line I thought was really mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. him dancing to the side and her saying, yeah, uh, yeah we've all seen Reservoir Dogs. Great. And Great. she calls him like a broke-ass Dexter or something. Really mm-hmm. funny. And then Karen uh, showing up and, and rom-comming him out I thought was cool. Oh, man. That was great. I love – something that I loved about that, which is a relatively small moment, is as the show goes along, they have more tools that they can work with. And that is something like they don't need to spend time introducing her. They could just bring her out, use her rom-com powers, and kind of roll on from there. It's very yeah. fun. Uh, it's cool. What did you think about – I wanted to ask about Larry in particular because yeah. they don't – drive too hard onto it, but this is obviously a big deal for him going back to the Bureau of Normalcy, going back to the ant farm, uh, and he reaches a very different place where the negative spirit is now outside of him, but he's still awake. So what are your thoughts there about how that affects Larry potentially going forward? Well, just to take it back a little bit, also, Larry, it seemed like he called the meeting uh, for everybody to kind of uh, break things down. So I'm very excited about Larry's growth uh, Larry seems to, um, you know, even though he's going to go through the torture, like when he takes a knee and starts talking to the light being like, Hey guy, I know we're not supposed to be here and this is crazy, but we got to do this very touching moment. I loved it. Do you think the ant farm is related to alien ant farm? Mm. The van that covered smooth criminal. I just wanted somebody to pick up the place and shake it. You know what I mean? Like after you call it ant farm, I feel like, come on, right? Come on. There has to be larger people outside watching. Right. Um, I think the Larry stuff in this episode made me think there's more to his powers going on here. The way Mm -hmm. uh, Forsyth used uh, language like one asset split into two, um, as if the light being is completely separate and Larry's radiated body is something that they could use to advantage – and then Larry seemed very weak. He was awake but weakened with the light being out. It makes me think maybe the light being is like keeping him alive. And he's oh, wow. so radiated that it may be like he can't really live without the light being being inside. Well, That's but he deep, is awake bro. at the same time now, which is interesting. So I feel like having the negative spirit stuck in some sort of tube 
is going to definitely change the dynamic for them, even though they are working as a team. And I think it's fair to say, just because we know there's multiple seasons of the show, that that's not going to be the status quo going forward. You don't think think he's going to keep them in the tube, though, right? You think he's just going to let them out. Like open up the top of the tube? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to keep the light being in the tube, make him be a tube being or something. Isn't that that line from Dirty Dancing, don't keep the light being in a tube? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's exactly exactly how that goes. Yes. Nobody puts light being in the tube. Yeah. There we go. No need to revisit that movie. You got a cold. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that's good stuff with Larry. We didn't talk about Cliff at all, which there's a lot of fun stuff with him in this episode. I liked having, after a very introspective episode for Cliff confronting Clara. We just got some good old fashioned Brendan Fraser fun in this one. You know? Yeah. A couple yeah. great. What the fucks? Like just some fun moments. The Chewbacca uh, stuff I thought was really funny and sort of like a way to make a reference like that without being so like it. deep yeah. in on it. Like it was a very sort of a done in a tense cool elevator ride. It was a tense I, elevator ride. Now, every do you, elevator ride is intense. <laughs> do you think the rest like of a tiny happen? room? Have they seen Star Wars is my big question there, because Cliff has clearly seen, clearly seen it. Have the rest of them seen Star Wars? Well, I, Rita, I mean, it's sort of not her movie, not her type yeah. of movie, and it came out later. She's sort of like, yeah. ah, I don't really like all this genre stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess we'll have to find out. That's a definitely a big dangling plot line for future episodes. Uh, but Wait yeah, till like, Star Wars Patrol. Star Wars. Yeah, there we go. That'll be the, explained. Uh, Cliff being beaten by a magnet, very funny. Yeah, that well. was yeah, it was harsh when she was like, "We beat you with a magnet." Um, but also and then nice that gets he the ladder. Her. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, great timing on Rita. Just kind of like wait for it, wait for it, and then release release Cliff and talk about how he is useful, which I think is great and true. I think uh, you know, even if you're a brain in the can, you're still useful and part of the team. You know. Um, Did you guys but, figure out the math problem? By the way. Pete, you figure out the math problem? Oh, my God. Why would you do that? Fuck those math problems. Oh, yeah. That was... Um, I mean, that's hard to figure out for most people, for anybody, really. I don't think yeah. that was no, an unfair... No, I figured it out, but oh, I guess... Come on, Cornell. Let's, let's, let's our, fucking do it, Cornell. What is it? I'll leave, I'll leave it up to the listeners to figure it out. It's fine. When is it? When is it? No, no, no. I'll, I'll reveal it. I didn't figure it out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. There you go. Does she say the whole problem? I don't think she does. I don't know. I don't think she finishes. Who cares? It actually. I glaze over when someone starts. If a train leaves at Chicago, I, I like know. math. I'm a big math guy. I did really? math research in high school. I was in the math research program. What does discovered that even mean? It. Yeah, I discovered. We're going to get theorems. to the bottom of this division symbol. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I investigated. I did research on more complex mathematics, and uh, the goal was to come up with theorems that hadn't been developed yet. And I did wow. that. I wrote two math research papers. Wow! wow. You, and the, the sort of how do you like them apples? That was you. That was you originally, right? That was my first uh, problem. Yes, that I solved first theorem. <laughs> did you submit your research and your uh, submission for Cornell? Is that how you got in? You showed them your math research. I told I originally went to Cordell to do double theater and math, and then I got to Cordell and I was like, I don't want to do math. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Have we ever talked about this? I went to college to be a chemistry major, having never done theater, and then became a theater major. Hmm. Wow, that's very interesting. Wow, and Pete, you went to be a double math chemistry major and ended up being uh, held hostage by McDonald's. 
That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. The real dream. Your real dream. I went for uh, television and then minored in acting. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. That's great. Look at us theater. We're so we're all theatrical dudes. What what a good time. Now what else should we talk about from the episode? We did touch on the butts a little bit. Um, on the butts. We touched the butts. Sorry. We were why touching on the butts. So why would you, you just touch up on the butts? Oh, Is that better? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. That's great. Is I that feel what like four or whatever it is you're saying? No, it's not four. Mm, it's a little bit four. Uh, if is there. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like that's the sort of thing only Doom Patrol could do. I could not imagine any other show teasing release the butts and then these carnivorous butts with mouths come out and start attacking and eating everybody. It's a wild, absolutely insane scene that the main characters don't even seem to care about that much. and It doesn't mm-hmm. really affect them. Yeah. And that's very fun. That is very true to the comics, but it also at this point is very true to the show as well. Yeah, I agree. It's this show is very cool about the way they do like everything. And the fact that our main people, of course they're not going to freak out. They've seen every day they see weird shit. So they're like, "Tooth butts, great. We got to get out of here." Yeah, but I mean, eventually they're going to have to round up all those butts, right? Somebody else's job. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I think a picture of you Pete with like your sunglasses down being like Sort of ga- gaping at the camera like on an 80s movie poster. And <laughs> the title of the movie is, who's, the, yeah, who's going to round up all these butts? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I did really like Mr. Nobody's 8-bit graphics uh, for Cyborg winning. Um, I thought that was, like, really funny in a really fucked up uh, situation. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe the Ant Farm janitor just, like, is like, Phew, guess I'll be cleaning up all these butts. And has a big broom that he pushes him around with. Yeah, he's teaming up with Pete in that movie. He's also on the side, rolling his eyes, played by Paulie Shore. Oh, now, Pete is played by Paulie Shore. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. We'll figure out who's, who's the janitor. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Michael Keaton, I'm going to say. Uh, a couple of other <laughs> lines that I thought were good. I uh, loved Cliff saying, said to text to Batman or something. Yes. That was very yeah. fun. Also, I just want to say that snitches get stitches. and was hysterical. Very funny. And then telling Silas. Uh, and also, uh, I meant to ask you about this, Pete. So we didn't really talk about 722, who is Cyborg's prison buddy, too much. Right. But he seems pretty happy there. How would you feel, Pete? You're thrown in prison. But you are given three squares a day, sandwiches. You can watch soap operas and get some comfy slippers. Are you good with it? Will you stay there for upwards of, I don't know, 60-something years? No, no. But thanks for asking me. I really appreciate that. The 722 thing was really interesting. It was hard to watch Cyborg kind of lose his mind a little bit there. And then um, the fact that like 722 gave him a clue and then he was kind of wrapped back up in his nightmare situation. I really wanted to kind of explore that a little bit more. What did you think about 722, Justin? It was one of those weird sort of open-ended mystery bits in the episode that um, I was like, oh, I don't know what this means. And then I was like, is this just like Alan Moore? Is it supposed to be Alan Moore mm-hmm. sitting there? Because <laughs> he looks just like him and was sort of uh, can't remember how he got there and when he was brought there. Sort of like seeing a, a, the cr- a creator in the world. Um, so I don't know. That was my takeaway because uh, it didn't really gesture toward much. Yeah. Any other notes from the episode that you guys would like to call out? Scenes, lines, anything like that? Um, 
I want a Big Mac. Get back to that. Right now. Yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, Grimace oh. nodded happily there. Yeah, just go ahead and peed another fry. Two fries. Wow, that's nice. And an apple pie. What a good boy you've been. <laughs> what a good boy. <laughs> and an apple pie. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, then why don't we move on and talk about who was most doomed this episode? Justin, in your estimation, who was most doomed this episode? I mean, first off, Batman. He doesn't want texts. Feelies, no, everybody yeah. texting him, just like, woof. His phone's blowing up while in the middle of like a sneak. He's sneaking in somewhere, his phone's ringing. That's not what he wants. I'm in the middle of a sneak. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I said it earlier, I think Cyborg is, um, he's in the worst shape right now. Mm-hmm. Even the, And when everyone struggles in the show and is like slowly getting better, he seems to be getting worse. And I, I worry for him. Yeah, I'll back that one up. I mean, normally I'd choose another one, but everybody seems to be doing okay. Rita has definitely backslid a little bit in terms of being interested in doing things with everybody this episode. But at the same time, everybody seems to be doing all right, except for Cyborg, who is completely ruined by the end here, cradling, like you said earlier, Justin, his potentially dead dad that he killed. It's a heartbreaking, awful moment that completely breaks him down and puts him in a terrible situation going forward. Pete, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it was such a powerful shot to have him holding his father, maybe dead, as his, you know, friends come around the corner. It was such a powerful kind of like, ooh, uh, yeah, there's an alarm going on and all this crying, but this is a, this is crazy. So, um, I don't know. I feel like the butts are doomed. You know, they're you can't have all those butts running around like that. So all they butts got, are doomed. Uh, so yeah, there, someone's got to round up all those butts. So I would say their, their fun is going to be short lived and they're the most doomed. Isn't that what life is, is just rounding up a bunch of butts. That's certainly what I did in the summer of 87, bro. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But... 87. Wow. I'm just tri- trying to figure out some quick math on how old you were rounding up butts. <laughs> Whoa. All right. If you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Doom Patrol, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. To subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast, and many more. And now, before we wrap up here, McDonald's presents a piece of advice <laughs> from Pete LePage. Uh, family issues can be hard. You should talk to someone. Wow. <laughs> right out of Oedipus's mouth. <laughs>